Hi, welcome to Quid Pros Quo. I'm Zach. And I'm Rin. And we are so excited about this episode. We are, we're super excited because this episode, I think, is, first of all, it's part of our ongoing series about writing fundamentals. But this episode is for everybody. Like, everybody needs to hear this. Not just writers, but everybody. Whatever it is, because everybody... Whatever you do, this episode will be important for you, because this is a phenomenon we all face. Yeah, and it's imposter syndrome. I guess. Yeah, not very exciting. No. We're excited to be talking about it, but not excited that it happened. No. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so what is imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome is a feeling of inadequacy, usually fueled by thoughts of, I tricked someone to be here, I'm a fraud, things along those lines. Yeah, and I think imposter syndrome is an, is helpful in one sense and unhelpful in another sense. I think it's helpful in giving us a word to describe our to describe our emotions, right? And that helps us to have more have more control over our our experience. But it's also not helpful because the word syndrome kind of pathologizes it and makes it sound like some kind of medical term for something that's going wrong. Uh, but everybody has imposter syndrome to one degree or, or another. If somebody says they doesn't they don't have imposter syndrome, they're either a sociopath or they're lying. Yeah. But, <laughs> Not to diagnose you with sociopathy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Go back but, to our uh, episode with Mary Adkins where we talked about how we're not psychologists. <laughs> yeah, so true. Um, yeah, check out that episode with Mary Adkins. It was so good. Yeah. From It went up the day that we are recording this. So I think it's episode... 36. Th- 36. Yeah, yep. go check out episode 36. Mary Adkins is so cool. It was a pleasure to talk with her. Um... But back to imposter syndrome, everyone has it because they're social beings. And, like, again, they're either sociopaths or lying if they Mm -hmm. say they don't have it. Or they're insanely overconfident. Yes. So. Or lying to themselves. Anyway, let's talk about. All of the above. (laughs) Let's talk about how to manage imposter syndrome. Because you're not going to beat it. You're you're learning how to manage it and diminish it so that you can move forward. Mm Mm-hmm. And. The fact of the matter is, is that it will come back, and we'll talk about that a little bit down below. But yeah, but first, it can be helpful to get back to the basics because you can't be an imposter if you're just looking at like the very basics of mm-hmm. what you do. So we are a writing podcast. So even though we said this is applicable to everyone, we are going to talk about writing. So just like insert your career name where applicable. Yeah. So a writer or author is someone who writes prose, and a poet is someone who writes verse. Uh, you do not have to be published or have a degree or an award to be an author. Nope. Like, that's what adjectives are for, and this is why we add on the terms published author or awarded author. Like, mm-hmm. and you, But you don't have to be published or awarded to be a good author. Like, one, I think of someone in my writing group who I sadly haven't met with, with in a while because we've been so busy with, like, well, I've been busy with school. He's, like, graduated and, like, working like, a tech job or something. Mm-hmm. But he writes, like, the most amazing stuff, but he's only, like, three chapters into his book. Mm-hmm. Maybe seven. I don't know. Not very many chapters into his very long epic fantasy. Yeah. And, I mean, what it really comes down to, because I know calling yourself a writer or calling yourself a poet can often feel like a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And it is, but it's a big deal because the act of calling yourself those things is giving yourself permission to be those things sort of mm-hmm. thing. So once you can get over the fear of, oh, well, am you know am I allowed to call myself a writer? I've never published anything. Or am I allowed to call myself a poet, fill in the blank, whatever. Yeah. 
once you get over that and you start saying, I am this, then it, you start moving forward and you start to manage the you start to manage the imposter syndrome. Yes. And I would say that when you start using those words to identify yourself, you're adding it to your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first, that can feel really fragile, like incorporating something new into your identity. But the longer you call yourself an author or a poet or any sort of writer or any whatever you are, mm-hmm. then the more cemented it is and the less imposter syndrome I think you're going to feel. Yeah. There are some other there are some other strategies that you can use to to manage, and one of them is inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. Again, we are not psychologists, but we've both been to therapy. So. I go to therapy like every other week. I go a lot. <laughs> so so we have we we've been around the block a few times inside of the psychologist's office. Um, and cognitive behavioral therapy is just this approach to. This approach to emotions and and thought patterns to actively identify, write down, and respond to the respond to the thoughts and the feelings that you want to change or manage, mm-hmm. right? So when we're talking about when we're talking about imposter syndrome, the application of this general philosophy is to catch yourself when you're thinking, "I'm a fraud." Um, I tricked someone to be here kind of thing. I'm not actually a writer. I don't belong here. Yes. And the important thing is, is that you write it down. Because as soon as you write it down, you've moved it from the part of your brain that is quick and it's automatic to the part of the brain that is slow and starts and can actually do something with it kind of thing. And then once it's in that part of your, in that mental space, you can respond to it and say, no, but I am a writer because I write prose. Yeah. Or I am a writer because I because X, Y, or Z. Or I am a poet because fill in the I blank. I write poems. Yes. And again, they don't even have to be good for you to be a writer. Like mm-hmm. we're all, we are all learning. We are all starting out. And we we're all in different parts of our journey. So yeah, it's okay. Um, I think it's talking more about that CBT cognitive behavioral therapy stuff. Something I learned is just you have to like hold the thought and sit with it and then like examine it like. Mm-hmm. Why is this fake? Like, mm-hmm. why is this fake news? Mm-hmm. Um, why is it wrong? Why is it wrong? Uh, and then you have to do this cognitive reframing where you say that imposter, you recognize that imposter syndrome comes from growth. And if you were only doing the things you were already qualified for, you would never grow and get better. Like, it's the phrase that there is no comfort in the growth zone and no growth in the comfort zone. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're gonna be uncomfy no matter what. Yeah, um, I actually have a have a story about this. I was asked um, earlier this year to be a judge for a writing contest, which I have never done before, mm-hmm. right? And so I caught myself with the imposter syndrome. I was like, "Oh my goodness, I tricked someone! Like I tricked someone to to be a judge for this for this contest." But I had to. I actually, like, stopped and was like, wait a minute, this is imposter syndrome. And, like, I was open. Like, they had all the information that they needed to decide to pick me to be there, to be the judge for the contest. And, uh, you know, I I did everything that I need to be, that I need to do to be here. And just kind of talking back to those thoughts of saying, yes, I deserve to be here. I'm worthy of this, of this opportunity. And I'm going to move forward with it. 
So something I'm hearing is you have to have self-compassion and be yes. kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Because, like, everyone else is also feeling imposter syndrome and everyone else is having these thoughts. So be kind to yourself, be kind to others. Like, I think it all really sums or burn, boils down yes. to being kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think, I can't think of a specific experience, but it's the idea that if you walk like you're supposed to be there, no one will question you. Yes. Uh, so, like... This is like in spy movies. In spy movies, exactly. Like if you, if you have like a clipboard and you just <laughs> dress clipboard nice, and white coat. Yeah, if you just like dress nicely enough, or at least inconspicuous enough, that it looks like you're supposed to be there, you can get away with like pretty much anything. <laughs> and I was at a writing conference this last weekend, and I was like wearing that like blue name tag that indicated that I was a guest, and like uh-huh. that was super exciting for me. I was like. I am like one of the. I am. Pro- I was probably the youngest panelist there. Yeah. Which is like a little bit scary and like led to a lot of imposter syndrome. I just kept on saying like, "Hey," same thing like they you told yourself about like being the judge for the writing contest is like, I submitted my application. They read it. They thought I was a good fit, and so now I get Here to I do am. this. And like now that I've done it, I'm more capable of like doing it again. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I think not. Not all of us are going to be lucky enough to have this experience but I had an experience when I was very young that kind of helped me to I don't know to have reasonable expectations around the imposter syndrome um I was in third grade and we were learning how to how to write in cursive okay so you know ancient history (laughs) because nobody writes in cursive anymore but and I know somebody's going to roll their eyes and be like, he's only in his 20s. And I say, okay, but we still don't learn cursive in elementary school anymore. Anyway, um, but the end, uh, when you were able to write all of the letters in cursive, we were given these little laminated pieces of paper that said writer's license on it. And it had our picture on it and like all like our details. It looked like a driver's license. That's really thing. cute, actually. I know, right? And it was so, now that I look back on it, I realized that many times when I was thinking about being a writer and writing, I actually would think about the writer's license where I am licensed to do this. I was given a license by my third grade class. (laughs) I love this. This is actually adorable. So, and I I assume it wasn't even like a plastic card, like an actual driver's license. It was probably just like a piece of paper, right? Yeah, it was a laminated sheet of paper. It was a laminated sheet of paper? Do you know how easy it is to go print a piece of paper and get laminated at like stables or whatever? Yes. Like... Please go give yourself a writer's license. Like, it's it's that one. I don't know what TV show it's from. It's just a big meme, but it's like the guy hands over the piece of paper, and the, the piece of paper just says, "I can do what I want." Yes. He's like, "I don't worry. I have a license," and the paper just says, "I can do what I want." Is that the Office? It might be the Office. I've never watched the Office. I have a, a vendetta against the Office. <laughs> this will be on our hot takes. <laughs> episode. Uh, I'm adding it to our hot takes episode folder right now. Um. So, and I think this actually goes to some of the, for those of you who are more accomplished that are listening, I think this idea of the writer's license is something that you can do to build the confidence of the aspiring writers and the beginning writers around you is if, if you are in a mentorship position, giving some kind of token or some kind of permission to, you know, to your people can be something that massively boosts, uh, massively boosts their confidence, and helps them to manage these feelings of inadequacy. So, 
you know, it may seem cheesy, but it is cheap. Print out a, you know, print out a writer's license, give it to your pupil and say, you are certified. You can write. Yeah, it's cute, it's wholesome, and it will be memorable. And that's like what you want to do when you're teaching. I still have it. You still have it? I still have it. I was going to ask if you still had it. I love that. So in summary, uh, everyone has imposter syndrome, but it's always fake. The imposter syndrome is the real imposter here. Um, If you can hold on to those thoughts and write them down and, like, examine them, then you will be one step closer to managing your imposter syndrome better. And just remember to be kind to yourself and walk like you're supposed to be there. And if you believe it, everyone else will, too. Thank you for joining us today for this very special episode of Quid Pros Quo. Um, We will see you next time. Quid Pros Quo is hosted by DC Winters and CK Jensen. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a rating. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at quidprosquo at gmail.com. For more episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts.